Good evening and welcome to this evening's candlelight Christmas celebration. We're so glad that you're here with us this evening. I'm Reverend Jeff O'Grady. I'm the pastor of the San Marino Community Church. And on behalf of our staff and the session of the church, I welcome you here and wish you a Merry Christmas. Christmas happened in the dark, and Christmas remains a celebration at night. There are a lot of things we experience when we're in the dark. We sometimes become confused or anxious, but we're also alert in the dark. We're also blinded by unexpected light. So tonight, we're glad that you're here with us as we celebrate God's light entering into the darkness of our world. Tonight, at the conclusion of the service, we will have candlelight, and I want to give you some brief explanation about how that will happen. We'll take the light from the Christ candle this evening, and the pastors will share those lights with the ushers, and then the ushers will come down the inside and the outside aisles and share the light with you. When you receive the light, turn your candle sideways and light your candle off the already lighted candle, and then turn to the person next to you, and keeping your candle straight up and down, let them light off of your candle. So once the candle is lit, keep it straight up and down so the wax won't drip on your clothing. So we're so glad that you're here. All the preparations are finished. So I ask you to leave behind your to-do list and the anxiety about what's going to happen tonight and tomorrow. Take a deep breath. Enjoy this celebration of worship. Let us prepare our hearts to worship the Lord. Will you pray with me? O oh Lord, thank you for the coming of Christmas. Thank you for the sights and the sounds and the smells here that remind us of so many Christmases before. Our lives are uncertain, our futures are unknown, but your grace known to us in Jesus Christ is something that's absolutely sure and dependable. So prepare our hearts to receive the gift that you have given, for we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our living Lord. Amen. Throughout these past weeks, we have seen an accumulation of light as an expression of the growing anticipation of the birth of Jesus Christ, who is the light of the world. Let us say together our responsive call to worship. We light the first candle of Advent, the candle of the hope, because... 
Jesus is our hope. We light the second candle of the Advent wreath, the candle of peace, because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. We light the third candle of Advent, the candle of joy, because we know that Jesus brings true and everlasting joy. Now we light the fourth candle of Advent, the candle of love, because... Jesus is the outpouring of unconditional love. We believe in he who the prophet Isaiah calls the Prince of Peace. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders. He is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Let us join in prayer. Because you reside with us, our hearts overflow with thanksgiving for your abiding love. May your light shine as a sign of your glory and promise now and forever. Amen.
be seated. The prophecy. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us, Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness, from this time forward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. But you, O Bethlehem of Ephrathah, you who are the little clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to rule Israel, whose origins is from of old, from ancient days. announcement to Mary. 
In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom There will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I am a virgin? And the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God.
The Announcement to Joseph. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us.
seated. In the story of that first Christmas, it's told that wise men came from the east to witness the birth of the king, this child king, and they brought with them gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Christmas is a time of gift-giving and gift-receiving. And so tonight we gather here, and in our worship we come before the newborn king, bringing our gifts of time and talent and treasure. I'd like to invite those of you who are on the inside aisle to take the friendship pad that's located there in the pew Register that you're with us tonight, pass it down the pew and back and greet one another and say Merry Christmas following our worship. And you'll notice that there are yellow connection cards. If you'd like to let us know of some prayer request you have or some way that we might be able to assist you in discovering what God is doing in the world and in your own life, please write us a note, leave it in the offertory. We'd love to have a chance to stay in touch with you. And now, as the ushers come forward, let's continue our worship by bringing before God our offerings, our gifts, and our tithes this Christmas evening.
the birth. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration that was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and the family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the, ta- the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For see, I'm bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You'll find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And then suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom He favors.
Has anybody noticed recently that the whole world seems to be fascinated with Star Wars? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have too. The new Star Wars movie, The Force Awakens. For one, I'm a little fascinated with all the advertising surrounding the film's release this last weekend. Let me just see. How many of you have seen the new Star Wars film? How many of you plan to see the new Star Wars film? Yeah, I'm, I'm amongst you. Apparently, the first weekend on ticket sales alone, they made over a half a billion dollars. And I suspect that for some of you, you have some Star Wars paraphernalia under your trees right now. I've been fascinated by a commercial that perhaps you've seen as well in recent weeks for Jeep Cherokee. Begins with this scene from Star Wars and interstellar space with spacecraft and starfighters engaged in combat and one spaceship is hit and disintegrates leaving a fiery trail across the sky. And then the camera zooms out and down to earth where a couple are watching a star-studded night through the moon roof in their Jeep Cherokee. And they see the fiery crash, but they think it's a shooting star. And the woman says, it's so peaceful up there. And the announcer says, enjoy the freedom to go far, far away as the theme song for Star Wars plays in the background. Now, it's a very effective commercial. And it implies that the perception and the reality is completely disconnected when it comes to what happens in interstellar space. Now, it's an effective commercial, but I'm not about to go out and buy a Jeep Cherokee. Not this Christmas. But I can tell you one Christmas several years ago, we had one child, our eldest in college, and two close on her heels. And so we surprised the kids with a new car on Christmas Day. And it worked, our plan worked brilliantly. We were living in New Jersey at the time. It was a Volkswagen Jetta. It wasn't diesel. And this was back before the scandal in, with Volkswagen and it was actually a trusted company back then. But after we drove this on Christmas Eve into the garage, it started snowing and it covered our tracks beautifully. They had no idea. Now, as everybody knows, when you are a family with teenagers, you don't just buy a car. You manage a fleet of cars. So we added a Jetit to our fleet. Christmas morning came along and there was a scavenger hunt with clues planted all over the house, each clue leading to the next and then to the next and then to the car keys and then to the garage. And I can still see our three kids climbing all over each other, racing up the stairs to the garage to see what these keys had in store. Surprised by joy that day. That's often our experience of Christmas Day. And I'm sure we all have memories of our favorite Christmases through the years. Now, when I read Luke's story of the birth of Christ, I get a sense of disconnect between the perception of Christmas in our time and the reality of Christmas 
in Luke's time. We have this romanticized and sentimentalized view of the birth, but the reality was there was a battle going on of epic proportions, just like in the Jeep commercial. The powers of this world, Emperor Augustus and Quirinius, demanding that the world should be registered so they could tax them. A young couple, nine months pregnant, are forced by circumstances beyond their control to make their way from Nazareth to Bethlehem to be registered. It took many days to make that hundred-mile journey. And according to Matthew's Gospel, Herod was scheming and trying to extract information from the wise men so that he could actually exterminate the child born to be king. And warned in a dream, the family quickly flees to Egypt as refugees seeking asylum. It's so peaceful on Christmas. We shouldn't miss the significance of this event because of the sentimentality that surrounds this night. In a recent paper that sounds a little bit like Star Wars to me, two scientists describe a pattern of concentric circles that they detected against the universal backdrop of cosmic microwave radiation. Now these circles, they say, may be gravitational waves generated by collisions of super big black holes, all occurring before the beginning of our universe. And they go on to suggest that what we think of as our universe may simply be one link in a chain of universes, each beginning like ours and ending in a way that sends detectable gravitational waves into the next universe. In other words, our universe may only be one in a multiverse, a possible infinite number of coexisting but detectable universes. It's way over my head. But I know this. Sometimes a discovery has the capacity to change everything you think you know. When I read the Christmas story, it feels like that kind of a discovery for the people who experienced the coming of Christ. It changed what they thought they knew about God, about the world, and even about themselves. Now, the article about these two scientists concludes this way. Quote, What do we do with these possibilities? Our answer is to marvel at them and be reminded once again that we live in a universe, however we define it, that contains more wonders than we can begin to imagine. Wow. Contemporary scientists, first century shepherds, and wise men and women have more in common than I first realized. Christian faith tells a similar story of discovery that simply defies description, and it's mind-blowing to consider. Christmas contains more wonders than we can begin to imagine. Christmas changes the way we think about life and our place in it. And this discovery 
looks so unimpressive initially. The birth of a child in a no-name place in the middle of nowhere. And it changes everything we understand about God and about the nature of human life. You know, the, the dignity, the wonder, the meaning that Christ brought to human life are disguised by the circumstances of this birth. Like all babies, he was on his own schedule. The timing was not particularly convenient for his parents. And it strikes me that thousands of years of anticipation and planning, the Messiah is coming to right the wrongs, to put the world back on its proper axis. All of this foretold by the prophets to a world desperately in need of saving. And this is how it happens? This unimpressive entrance into the world? You'd think after all this time, they would have at least had hotel reservations. But instead, there's no media coverage. There's no grand announcement. Instead, in a manger in the most remote place, this simple birth takes place that changes everything. The Christmas story is filled with descriptive language about names and places and peasants who become parents and a baby born unexpectedly in a stable with visitors from the local shepherds and those in search of a king. And the coming of Christ is about this intersection where the human and the divine intersect. A mother goes into labor and you can almost smell the straw in the stable and the animals and the sweat on the shepherds as they breathlessly enter the scene. This is not a story about separating the spiritual from the material world. On the contrary, this is a story about the spiritual entering into, loving, blessing, redeeming, embracing the material world, our world. And Luke wants to make sure that we realize this isn't just human flesh in general that God takes on in Christ. It's our flesh. It's not simply history in general that God enters through this birth. It's our history. It's our very lives to which God is committed. So this really is not a story about people putting aside their crummy earthly lives for just a little while so they can attain some kind of spiritual high point or mountaintop experience in order that they might be more acceptable to God and perhaps more deserving of His gifts. No, actually, this is a story about people who are stuck in their crummy lives without much hope. Not much hope for the future. They live with strained political and family relationships. They focus mostly upon making a living, trying to get ahead and secure a better future for those they love. And unexpectedly, they discover 
that the God who made all of this stuff in the first place enters the world to redeem it. Parents and babies, shepherds and business people, gold and frankincense, animals and cities and governments and nature, all of it. And the Lord still enters in. Christmas is about the mystery of looking for that which is of the greatest value in the most unlikely places. In a stable, maybe in your existing relationships, maybe at work, with your neighbors, in your own inner life, you might even find that which is of the greatest value right here in church. Christmas is glorious. That day was the kind of day that every day should be. Life in that moment was the kind of life we should all live. It was opposite of what we mean when we use words like frustration and failure. In that word glory, we mean a beauty that is powerful in its influence and a power that is beautiful in its completion and fulfillment. That's why Christmas is glorious. There's a beauty that is powerful and there's a power that is beautiful in what happened and what still happens God comes when I least expect it in the ordinary, everyday things and stands beside me. And it may not change my circumstances, but it changes me. I think what we tend to forget on Christmas Eve when the evening is hushed and all is quiet is that this Lord and this Savior came in the midst of the battles raging both before and after His birth. In fact, He came because of the battles raging in the world, the world we have to live in. We may be glad that the storms of our lives, our daily lives, briefly, while we celebrate Christmas, are halted. We embrace the old routines, we enjoy our family traditions, but we may not really expect that anything that happens here in this quiet stillness has any power to make a real difference in our world, to make a real difference in our ability to face the challenges that we temporarily set aside when we came in here tonight. And we may not really believe that it can bring peace to the raging battles we surely will face when we leave here and all face a precarious future. What do we do with these possibilities? One answer is to marvel at them and be reminded once again that we live in a universe however we define it that contains more wonders than we can begin to imagine.
But another response is to fall on our knees and to worship. To bow our heads and open our hearts to this Lord. Allow this force to awaken you. And join the chorus of those through the centuries who sing praises to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ, our living Lord. So this year, maybe it's not what you get for Christmas that matters most. Maybe it's what you get from Christmas that will matter most. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Into an ordinary moment, comes an extraordinary event. Will you please bow your heads and let's go to God in prayer. Alpha and Omega, eternal God, you who would hear our cry and come to us as a holy child, we weren't expecting you this way. And yet, have you not shown yourself to be most profoundly the God of surprises? Every event surprises us. We look forward and you're behind us. We look behind and you're before us. And it seems that we're always the receivers of your divine imagination. We thank you and we celebrate this night because when you burst into our lives as that light that shattered all darkness to live among us, then life gets very loud and beautiful because love is running through the streets. It's unstoppable and extravagant and delicious. It's the meal that stops the hunger and quenches all thirst. And God, it makes us bold and determined to announce in the face of any Herod the world can produce and all the indoors slammed in our faces and all the dark nights of our soul. It makes us bold with Mary to say that with you all things are possible. And we realize, God, that night can still be very dark and that there's a procession of Herod still terrorizing the earth and killing the children to stay in power. Lord, we know these Herods very well. We know their names and we see their faces every night on the news. But because of you, we also know men and women who pack their dreams safely in their hearts and set off toward Bethlehem faithful against all odds and undeterred by fatigue or rejection and all to kneel to a child. 
And the world still knows those persons wise enough to follow a star. Those who do not consider themselves too intelligent or too powerful or too wealthy to kneel to a child. And the world still knows those hearts so humble that they're ready to hear the word of a song and to leave what they have to go and kneel to a child. The night is still dark, but, oh God, because of you, it cannot overcome us because you've shattered its power into a thousand stars so that even today we can still see to kneel to a child. For unto us you are born, and all things are made new. For this, O God, we praise you. And we lift up our gift tonight with one voice. Hear your people, O Lord, as we remember the words your Son taught us to say when praying. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. He was in the beginning with God, and all things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it.
Lift your candles. Hold them up. We bear the light of Christ into the darkness together. We are a witness to the way the world should be and still can be. To live with one another. And to live in a way that helps others. Let your light shine as you leave from this sanctuary tonight. And now as you lower and then extinguish your candles, carry the light of Christ in your heart. And oh, Merry Christmas. <laughs>